Praise God. Psalms chapter 8, verse 3. Something the Lord's been dealing with me. I think I've preached parts of this in different messages, but never like the Lord has just completely uh, gave it to me yesterday. Psalms 8 and 3. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained. He said, I'm thinking about this. What is man? Everybody say, what is man? What is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man that thou visitest him. For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels. You've crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. He said, when I look at all this stuff and I really just sit down and ponder and think, the question comes to my mind, what is man? Amen. What is man that you're so mindful of him? Amen. Can I preach to you for a little while today? Amen. What is man? Everybody say it again. What is man? Set your Bibles down. Lift your hands to the Lord. Your voices to the Lord. Come on, let's ask God to help us in this house today. In the name of Jesus Christ, God, I pray miracles upon this service. Come on. Prayer warriors, help me pray in Jesus' name. We need your help, God. Come on, we need God to open up our understanding today. Come on, if it's appropriate, why don't you just reach over and join up with somebody? Oh, God, would you touch every person? change every heart? Would you encourage people? Would you strengthen people? Would you love on people? Would you love on them, God, in a special way? Would you let them feel your power one more time? Anoint us one more time, God. Come on, a way of worship. Why don't you put your hands together for Jesus? Hallelujah. We love you. We praise you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. Amen. Praise God. It's good to have all them Sealies back. Amen. In church also. Brother Fernal, my Lord. Good to see you. The other night, the only Sealy that was here was in the sound booth, I think. I thought, man, it's a sad day. Amen. God's a healer. Amen. God knows exactly what he's doing. And I feel like everything I go through is to make me stronger for something else. And, and I don't argue with God. I don't question God. I don't get mad at God. I just love on God. Amen. I know that he knows what's best. Amen. I want to preach today what is man. Everybody say, what is man? I don't know what David's age was when he's writing this psalm. I don't 
know how much of life he has experienced. I don't know if he's already fell into his major sin, but I do know that there must have been a moment when he is looking up into the night sky and he sees the moon and he sees all the stars and the thought comes to him, God ordained all those stars to be exactly where they're at. God established them and God puts them on a path and when he puts them on a path, they just stay on the path. Praise God. I may already be preaching, you don't even know it. God puts all the celestial bodies and he he tells them where to stay or when to move and how much to move and what speed to move and and they're so consistent and they just they just do what God and God only told them one time. Come on, can I somebody gonna help me in this house and they just it's like you can just count on them. They're gonna do what they've been told to do and Amen, you could almost say they operate like clockwork because they are clockwork. Matter of fact, we set our times to them because they are so consistent and they're so, uh, every day they got the same amount of brightness. And they don't wake up and think I'm just having a bad day. I'm not gonna let my little light shine today. But they just get up and do the same thing all day, every day. And why, why are you doing that? Because God told me to do this. Uh, why are you on that path? Why are you going around that? Because God told me to do it. Uh, and he somehow he's looking at this and his mind is like, my, my. He's looking, my. God, you just told them and, and they just do it. And then maybe his mind begins to transition to his own self. He begins to think about what his humanity has done. And simply by his own humanity or his fleshly nature, he's split up a family. By his own human nature, he has... Uh, had a righteous man murdered. And by his own fleshly nature, an innocent little baby has died. And by his own fleshly nature, now he's dealing with a woman who would have to be in some sort of depression after burying her husband and her baby. And he has to hear this and he's looking and he looks up and he thinks they all do what they're supposed to do. And I can't get it right. But for some reason you keep dealing with me. For some reason when I feel like a total failure. I, I keep feeling your hand reaching down. To where I'm at, I keep feeling your love. And the question was posed by David What is man? 
looking at my life and saying, what is man that you are so mindful of him? Maybe he's thinking on a scale of one to ten, let me rate your creation for you, God. All of that's definitely a, a ten. Praise God. And I'm feeling right now like a one. Come on, I'm going to preach to the church today. Hallelujah. I'm going to answer David's question for him today. Amen. When he said, what on earth? Who am I? Praise God. And I would like to answer his question the way the Lord began to deal with me about it yesterday in prayer. Amen, it's not an inherent goodness in man or greatness in man or great abilities in man that makes God mindful of man. It's not because of how smart you are and how good you are and how many talents you are that makes God say, wow, boy, I might want to visit them one more time. But if the truth were told, it's simply uh, the greatness of God that looks down on fallen man. uh, And he looks down with compassion. uh, And he looks down with long suffering. uh, And he looks down with mercy. uh, And he looks down with kindness. uh, And he says, I'm going to visit them one more time. Hey man, it ain't that you're so good. It's that he's so wonderful. It ain't that you got so much ability. It's that he's got so much mercy. Come on, I'm going to preach to somebody today. It ain't time to get puffed up in your own spirit. But it's time to get humble before God. Hey, the reason he's dealing with me, it's not me, it's... Come on, let's love the Lord together right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, God visits with humanity in spite of his humanity. In spite of our shortcomings, in spite of our failures, he keeps coming back service after service, night after night. Amen. I can tell you, man, that my wife lived for God and I did not live for God the first nine years of our marriage. Amen. And I felt like a worthless human being because of dumb things that I did in my life, but some reason some reason I couldn't see uh, amen he would come dealing with me in the night time tugging on my pillow and tugging on my heart uh, amen it wasn't because there was any good thing in me uh, but it's there was a whole lot good in him uh, to God that said I don't want this man to be lost it would be a shame for this man to spend eternity in hell amen and I'm going to keep on 
on, God's going to deal with somebody today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Man, the people that get close to God, they don't, they don't live a life of pride and arrogance. When you walk up to somebody and they're full of arrogance and full of pride, you just know in your spirit, this guy don't even know who he is. And he sure don't know who God is. Amen. But I'm telling you, the closer you get to God, the more humble of a person you're going to become. You're not going to be judgmental when you get close to God. You're not going to hate people when you get close to God. Amen. When you get an understanding of who you really are and who God really is, it's going to make you a meek and quiet and humble person. I don't care if you feel like you're the least of the least and if you feel like your position in the church is the least or you feel like your position is the greatest. Don't you let it get in your heart and mess you up. Telling you the more that God does in your life, the more it ought to make you want to get underneath the pew. The more God blesses you financially, uh, it shouldn't make you look down on other people. Well, I wonder what their problem is. Amen. It ought to make you look at the mirror and say, my Lord, uh, God, you have been so good to me. Uh, You ought to look, take a trip back down memory lane. Uh, Remember where you were when God found you. Uh, Come on, church. What is the blessing of God going to do to you? Uh, What is the calling of God going to do to you? This is going to make you get puffed up. Or is it going to humble you? Hallelujah. I want it to humble me more every day. I've watched people come to church and they needed so many things and they walked in with nothing and God began to open the windows of heaven. And they were so open and they were so loving. Amen. They they wanted your help. They wanted your guidance. They wanted to know what the word of God says. And somehow God begins to fill their pockets up and God takes their depression away and God gives them the desires of their heart and families and spouses and all, the, everything God. And walk back and it's like that spirit has changed. And it's not that humble spirit anymore. It's the more of you ain't going to touch me. Amen, I'm telling you, God's going to touch everybody here. <laughs> Hallelujah. Not because he's a mean God, but because he's a loving God. Uh, Amen. He's going to give you a cause if you need one. Amen. I don't need one. I don't need a whipping. I don't need to get broke to have a reason to go pray. I don't need to be in divorce cart to have a reason to go pray. Uh, I want to do it while the sun's shining. I want to pray while the blessings are flowing. 
I want to pray while I feel good in my body. Man, the people that are close to God, they get an understanding like Jeremiah had when he said, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. I'm telling you, the spiritually mature, they'll wake up and say, the reason I'm alive today, (laughs) the reason my mind is working today, uh, the reason my family's together today, uh, amen, the reason my heart is beating and my lungs are breathing, this is because God's mercies are new this morning. Uh, Amen, he woke up. Come on, church. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm warning somebody in the Holy Ghost today. It's time to get back to that humble place. God bless you and you still be humble. God open the windows of heaven on you and you still be at prayer. Could God fix your marriage and you still have time for him? Come on, church. We're about to get our eyes upon Jesus. Amen. Forget all this world. Hallelujah. I want to tell you. The more that you pray and the closer you get to God, the less confidence you're going to have in yourself. Amen. The one that you say, hey, yeah, I'm going to make it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to work it out. You are? When When you work it out, write a book. I've never seen a man work it out. But I've seen God work it out a lot of times. You know what you need to learn how to say? If the Lord be willing, I'm going to make it on through. Forget about the creek. If the Lord be willing, I'm going to make it through. Man, people... It's like when they really get close to God, it's like they lose confidence of self. Something about being in the presence of God makes, it changes you. Man, Isaiah was a great man, worked in the temple Dedicated his whole life to God, loved the word of God, done whatever was asked. He, if anybody would have felt like maybe they were a, a righteous man, maybe Isaiah should have felt like that. He, he just, as far as we know, his heart was right. He just, he was all about God. And then one day, he has an experience with God. Hallelujah. 
Just like John. When he said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. Amen. There's something about when you come close to God. You may have thought you were righteous. But Isaiah began to say, woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips. And I live in amongst the people that are just like me. I'm telling you, when you have a real touch and experience and walk with God, you're not a prideful person. tell you pride goeth before everybody say destruction I tell you if you ever start feeling lifted up in yourself that ought to be a real good identifier it's, it's time for me to have an old fashioned Holy Ghost breakthrough in prayer yes. hallelujah Man, when people get close to God, they begin to say things like the Apostle Paul said, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. Man, the Bible said with wisdom comes. The Bible said sorrow. That always bothered me. Why would wisdom cause you to add more sorrow? I'm going to tell you how wisdom adds sorrow to you. When you get godly wisdom and you realize, uh, I'm going to have to do some changing. I... Uh, I'm going to raise my children right for if they're going to make it to heaven. Uh, there's things inside of me uh, that's got to die. There's bitterness inside of me uh, that's got to die. Amen. When you get wisdom, it will increase sorrow. What it will do is it will increase your brain thoughts. You, you, you'll quit trying to find trouble among other people and you'll know I got to get this vessel right. Yeah. Amen. Somebody always trying to find a problem with somebody else and always trying to gossip and tear down somebody else. Uh, understand this. Uh, they've never been in the throne room with God. They are not where they need to be uh, because if they were, uh, there would be one concern in their life. Uh, I've got to get right. I've got to be what God wants me to be. And what is man? I, I watched people for many years. And I've watched God go overboard it seemed like to me just dealing with people even to the point where he confused me sometimes and I and I thought 
God, you sure do love people. People that it calls great harm to other people. And in my mind, I, I would think, hmm, you're about to get it, my friend. Then I would watch as God would keep dealing with them. You may not like this kind of preaching, but I love it. Let me tell you why I love it. Because the same God that shocks me sometimes is the same God that's going to judge me. <laughs> Amen. I have great confidence that God is no respecter of persons. Amen. And if I get off track and I do dumb things and say dumb things and Man, I may not know the depths of his mercy, but I've seen a lot. And I'm happy to tell you today, there ain't nobody in this room that's gone too far that you can't make it all the way to heaven. Don't you let the devil lie to you. Amen. I'm telling you, there is a God in heaven that will shock you. He's so merciful. I've watched as it seemed to me like he went through too much trouble trying to reach people. God began to deal with me about the story of the men of Nineveh yesterday and how they weren't good people. (laughs) The Bible said they were evil people. For some reason, What is man? I don't know. God looks down on this evil people. And he's moved with compassion, obviously, because he says, I'm going to send a preacher to preach to them to repent. They were so bad that the preacher didn't even want to go preach. I've never seen a preacher that did not want to preach. That's in <laughs> preachers want to preach. Amen. The preacher didn't even want to go. So God, the Bible said God creates a tempest. God creates a storm. Bible said God prepared a great fish. God, you're going through a lot of trouble for people that are evil anyway. He prepared a great fish. Amen. The fish is Jonah's trial. But think about God is instructing the trial. Don't get mixed up about what's the purpose is God wants a preacher in Nineveh. Don't get, we, we, we preach Jonah, if you don't do right, if you run from God, you're in trouble, and you are. But the reason it happened is God looked down on an evil people and said, they need a preacher. They need somebody to go walk the street and just tell them, you got to repent. 
God begins to tell the storm, the trial. He's instructing the trial. I want you to spit him up on the dry. He's telling them where this trial is going to end, how it's going to end. It just seems like a whole lot of things, but God begins to reason with the preacher again. After he spits him up. Now, just like I told you a while ago, go to Nineveh and preach. He still don't want to go. A lot of people would think, you know what? God tried. You know, he really did. He, he put it on somebody's heart. I'm going to tell you. When you begin to think, what is man? That God is so mind. He, he will blow your mind. How much trouble he will go through. How many dots he will connect. How many strings he'll pull. Uh, to keep you from being law. I'm preaching to somebody right now. Preachers mad. So with a terrible attitude, he goes to Nineveh and he simply says, repent. Amen. He didn't get any good Louis L'Amour stories to add to his sermon. He didn't coax him along. Pull on their heartstrings. He didn't even want to be there. Somebody said a preacher's ineffective if he don't have the right spirit. I don't know. God's used a lot less to save people than a preacher with a bad attitude. So the preacher with a bad attitude just walks the street one time and says, repent. And he goes outside of town. He's still mad. You know why he's mad? Because they start repenting. And he says, I knew it. This is why I didn't want to go. I knew if I went and said, repent, those people, them irritating, ugh. They did exactly what I said to do. God's looking at this man like, what is wrong with this cat? God allows a gourd to grow. Overnight. And this big old gourd protects this preacher with a bad attitude from the heat. Praise God. I'm liking the shade. I'm mad about them people repenting, but. I'm liking this umbrella here. I'm telling you, God's going through a whole lot of trouble. I said, I'm going to send a worm, and he's going to eat that gourd today. Chomp, 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 chomp. I'm telling you, if, God, if you don't think God can eat some stuff up, if you don't think he can turn your life upside down in one moment, He eats his umbrella. 
And Jonah is moved with compassion. This poor guard. And God is looking like, you're upset over a vegetable? You're upset because a vegetable that was born yesterday is gone today? But you're not moved about all those thousands of people? That don't know their right hand from their left hand. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Trying to teach Jonah a lesson. There's something about the love of God. It don't care if a vegetable dies or not. But there's something different when a man dies without God. There's an eternity that is waiting on him. You look at all the stuff that God goes through to help the men of Nineveh. So maybe you would think if you were Jonah, maybe you would think if you read the story, must be something special about those Ninevites. They must be really wonderful people for God to go through all that trouble. I'm going to tell you something. There wasn't anything special about them. Nineveh was the capital of the Assyrian nation and they were a thorn in the side of the Jewish people for thousands of years. They were barbaric. They killed. So it wasn't the people of Nineveh that made God think about them. It wasn't the goodness of the people of Nineveh that made God think about them. What is it? It's the goodness of God. (laughs) Come on, God's going to work on some people in this room. Well, God picked me because of how good I am. God picked me because he can't make it without me. Come on, let me rattle your... Let me jog your memory. Let me take you back down memory lane. God didn't have to have you. Kingdom of God was doing just fine before he got a hold of me. Hallelujah. So what is man that God is so mindful of him? It's not the goodness of people that lead their own selves to repentance. Do you hear? It's not the goodness of people that leads them on selves 
to repentance. But my Bible said it's the goodness of, of God that leadeth men to repentance. Come on, church. It's not man that makes God mindful of him. It's God's goodness that makes God mindful of you. Amen. When God, who is a spirit, who is omnipotent, who is omnipresent, who is omniscient, he's everywhere, he's all-powerful, he knows all things. When that God who could speak in anything that he wanted could happen. If he said, I wanted a Diet Coke, he could just say, let there be Diet Coke. And it would be there. Why would that God robe himself in flesh and lay down in a dirty old manger that the cows have been eaten out of? Why would he subject himself to cruelty of men? Praise God. You know, every time I think about the fact that God became flesh, it makes me so excited. People get worked up about all kinds of things. When I'm telling you something, One of the greatest things that happened for you was when God went ahead. Nobody made him do it. He could have said, you know what? Plan B. I ain't going to do this. But when he put himself in the womb of a young lady named Mary, and he said, I'm going to do this deal. You talking about the greatest day on this earth. They were singing in heaven. They were singing on earth. Let me tell you something. Because the world tries to defile and do everything wrong. Don't mean you don't need to stop and give God thanks. For Don't you let the world trick you up. Don't you let people trick you up. The greatest event that ever happened in your life was the day that God said, I'm going to go ahead and do what I said I'm going to do. And that spirit came down and it became flesh and it dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. I'm telling you, it immediately brought joy to this earth. It immediately brought hope to this earth. Amen. People that didn't even understand what was going on There was just a feeling in the atmosphere uh, that the shepherds started singing. uh, Hey, man, they got hope, all of us. Boy, I feel like shouting. uh, Hey, man, wow. What is man? And he would do all this. What is man that he, he would let... Somebody tell him what to do. <laughs> what, what is man that God would go ahead and do this plan that he had and come flesh and live his life and take 12 men and sit them down and feed them and teach them and 
bless them and put goodness in them and pay their bills, pay their taxes for them. Boy, we got a good God, don't we? Amen. Feed them, encourage them. Go to a rugged cross and willingly lay down on it and let him fasten his hands and his feet. And he could have called legions of angels and he didn't have to go through that. He, he, he could have said, I'm checking out. Forget all you people. Amen. And maybe in your mind you would think, boy, he must, there must have been really something special about them disciples that made him do all that. Must have been really something special about all those Romans with those wonderful swords and that 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 made him do all this. They must have been some really good people. No. It wasn't because they were good people. They spit on him. They beat him and they stabbed him. Put a crown of thorns on, smashed it on his head till he's bleeding all over his body. The Bible said he's unrecognizable. His back looks like a plowed field. He must have went through all that because there was some mighty wonderful people that he had got close to. No, it wasn't that. They all deserted him. His very own people. Denied him. The man who gave the keys to the kingdom to denied him three times. I, I, I got a burden in my spirit today. I'm going to tell you it ain't about how good you are. It's about how loving God is. The Bible would go on to describe God. God is love. What better word could you call him than he's just love? What does love do? It's not puffed up. It's not looking out for itself. It ain't looking for a position. It ain't looking for a title. It ain't looking for promotion. Love is a, it's a giver. Love wants what's best for you. Bible said he, he's love. Hallelujah. Reason there was a Bethlehem. Reason there was a Golgotha. The reason there was a day of Pentecost wasn't because there was great people on earth. It's because there was a great God in heaven. He's writing to the church of Laodicea. It says, because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. And knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. You have nothing. Amen. When man is at his prime. When man is at the pinnacle of achievement in this world, he's still nothing. 
What? Well, God needed my money. God don't need your money. God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He can make it appear out of anywhere, anytime, anyhow. What is man? What is man? Tell you what man is, he's a dependent creature. When I was in school, they taught us what the difference between voluntary and involuntary. They said when you pick up your hand to pick up a rock, that's voluntary. They said when your heart's beating and you're not even thinking about it, that's what science calls involuntary. Amen. I didn't realize it as a child what it really meant. But what it really means is without God. What that means is without God, you can't take your next breath. That means without God, your heart stops immediately. My science teacher told me there's, there's things inside of you that are just, inv- they're programmed, they're involuntary. I didn't know what she meant. I know now God's telling my body what to do right now. God's, God's keeping me alive. It's not because I'm great. It's because he's great. Hey, I, How could you get all puffed up? How could you get an attitude toward the things of God? Knowing that you got to have God to find your way to your car today. You have to have God to swallow your lunch today. You can't... The wisest man that ever lived. Uh, He said, I'm but a child. I don't know how to come in. Uh, I don't know how to go out. Uh, Hey, we're here today not because of us. Stand together with me. What is man? I'll tell you what man is. We're the creation of God. We are dirt that God breathed life into. And I was I was praying God just came down in this building where I was yesterday. Just all over again, I just, I experienced the, the greatness of God. I'm going to tell you the problem with people is that they don't ever get into the throne room. You wouldn't fight with nobody. And the Holy Ghost brought a song to me. Yesterday, the old hymn, 
I need the oh, I need thee. Come on, somebody needs to get your mind right. Come on, choir. Come on in Jesus' name. When's the last time you came to Him? Well, I'll pray if they come grab me. I don't want to grab nobody. Come on, sing it. I want this. I'm telling you, more than you need a paycheck. More than you need whatever. You need God. You need the mercy of God. Come on. Come on, God's wanting to come down and touch people. Come on, come on, why don't you come to where he is? Come on, why don't you lift your hands and why don't you begin to reach for him? Come on, come on, it's his mercies, we're not consumed. Every hour, I need thee.